Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 429 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So it's Tuesday, of course, because that's mom hour in your podcast feed day. But this is the Tuesday after Labor Day, day after Labor Day Tuesday, which, Megan, I feel like in a lot of circles is like it's the beginning of the fall season. Even if your kids already have went back to school a couple of weeks ago, even if actual meteorological fall starts later this month, there's (laughs) something about the Tuesday after Labor Day, where it's like, okay, we've been playing at back to school, right. but, but now it's for real. Now it's for real. How do you, how does this hit you? Well, this is the first time ever for me that my kids have actually started school before Labor Day. I don't actually think, I'm thinking back to all the different places I've lived. And in Michigan, actually schools couldn't start before Labor Day for a very long time. And our particular district um, kind of held out. Mm-hmm. So this is the first year that we started you know, what will be a week and a day ago when mm-hmm. this drops. Um, it's interesting. I feel like I'm so conditioned to that being our, my kids' first day of school that because they started a week and a day early, I actually just kind of forgot Labor Day was a thing. Right. <laughs> it's like I'm so I'm so like conditioned to that calendar that I'm like, oh, yeah, Labor Day must have already happened. Right. I guess I missed it. And actually, no. So I've had a weird, like, it's already fall feeling for a week now. I know it, it is. That's a It's a big change for you all. And I've lived in a bunch of different places and I've started school at a bunch of different times. I think only once, once or twice really started after Labor Day and, and the rest of the time um, in the second half of August. And we've pulled our listeners and I think that's most common among our listeners. But whether it's, I don't know, from all the books and movies we 
consumed growing up or from like a, a, a time long ago. It just feels like the day after Labor Day is when things get real fall wise. Yeah. And what happens for me when there's a real clear demarcation of a seasonal change is that I can get very excited about launching a bunch of shiny new initiatives in my home with my kids in my personal routine. It's very tempting. We know January 1st, of course, is like this and, you know, maybe the beginning of a summer season, but it's really tempting to want to go into this new season with everything locked and loaded, all the the drawers labeled and all the things. Um, and so in today's episode, we're just going to kind of play with this idea of what it means to transition into a new season like that with a hard start. Um, but also kind of the beauty and the, um, I guess worthiness of a soft launch and a soft launch can be applied to so many different types of things and transitions. But I guess the longer I've been doing this, the more, I repeatedly learned the lesson that there's a lot to be said for a soft start, a soft launch, and of not expecting yourself to turn the page on a new season and have everything ready. You know, I'm going to guess that this is a personality difference between the two of us, but I feel like my life is one big soft start. (laughs) And the only times that I, mm, I'm not going to say the only times, that's making too grand of a statement. Typically, when I benefit from a not soft start, it's because I'm so darned excited about whatever the thing is that I just can't wait and I want to go big. Mm-hmm. But it has served me very well in motherhood and in basically everything in my life to not take opening day too seriously. And I think that is a that is just a through line for me. So it's not something I necessarily learned. It's yeah. just the way I am. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work as well. And I know we'll talk about that, too. Do you remember, do you have any memories of being, let's say like a teenager um, or even a kid and, and having anticipatory excitement about a, a big first thing, whether it was um, a first day of school or another kind of a move or some kind of transition? I, I always have fresh start energy. So that is nothing like, that's not different. I think I'm always, I always derive energy from something new starting I think where I'm different maybe um, is that I don't feel very stressed about being totally prepared. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the thing is going to happen regardless and I can get excited about it regardless, even if I'm not a hundred percent ready. Yeah. And I I think you're right. I think a lot of this between our two personalities is probably really hardwired. I think I, I back in the day would even do things like let's say had new pencils or a new backpack or a new journal or a new planner. Like I will delay gratification of not using things until whatever hard start I have decided. Like I I can put a lot of pressure on a hard start or, um, you know, a new baby's arriving, but we're not going to use this thing until the new baby's here. So um, for me, it has definitely been more of a gradual leaning into the benefits of a soft start. I'm laughing because I have very like a multiple, very clear memories of like laying on my bed with my notebooks and my pens and everything opened. (laughs) School starts like two days later. (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, this is fun. I get to use all this stuff. And school hasn't even like school was sort of the fact that school was going to start was sort of beside the point. The cool thing was I got all the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think your way is probably, um, 
a little healthier. Let's just, well, just, just leave I, it there. I don't there. know that I'd go that far. Let's just say it works sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, you just had an actual soft start or soft launch to a business. Yeah. And I want to talk about that because when I think of the phrase soft launch, actually business is the first thing that comes to mind. You can have a huge splashy grand opening and, or you can have a soft launch. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about the decision to soft launch the bookstore, um, because I think there's parallels to life and kids and families. Yeah. Well, okay. So the bookstore soft opening was like a soft opening inside a soft opening inside a soft opening. Like don't tell anyone, but we might kind so, of be a little bit open. Here's, here's what happened. So my husband, Eric and I, and my sister and her husband bought an old building that needed a ton of work. Um, my Eric and I kind of talked them into going in on this venture with us and then leaving their home. My brother-in-law quit his job and they moved five hours away to the upper peninsula of Michigan to run this business. That's like how that was the origin story. What kind of tequila was flowing at this dinner? (laughs) I think it was actually just like craft beer, but they were ready for a change. And, you know, I, it, it was right place, right time, right opportunity. And they're, they don't have a background of being entrepreneurial people. So like, I mean, being told like, Hey, do you want to come run this independent bookstore when that never would have been something they would have done on their own? I I just think, and the UP, they love it up there. So it's like, it just, it was a perfect start or a perfect, I guess, fit that we sort of corralled them persuasively into. Then we start getting into the building and realizing, Oh man, this is going to take a lot of time to pull together. And meanwhile, they've uprooted their lives and are kind of there waiting for something to happen. Right. And so it's a very interesting study in the four personalities involved. Yeah. Um, Maya Eric is much more like you. He wants the whole building done before anybody walks in the door. Yeah. He wants to make a grand splash and have everything perfect. And we finally realized, like, we can't even get an electrician to call us back. That's not going to happen. But at the same time, I'm like going, well, we can't just have Catherine and Eric hamstrung. That's not fair. They can't just sit here and twiddle their fingers because, you know, because the building's not ready. So we finally all had to kind of agree to like, what would be the lowest, you know, (laughs) the minimal viable, um, I guess version of this business that can be launched. And are we all okay with that? And I think some of us we're less okay with that than others, but it kind of had to happen because otherwise we would miss a whole season. Like yeah. we were already halfway through the summer season yeah. um, and it's very seasonal up there. So anyway, um, that was decision. Number one was to open like probably six months sooner than my Eric would have preferred. Um, there's a whole nother piece of the business that we can't even think about until like probably a year from now. And so that's like another layer to the start. Right. But even the soft start, was decided, I believe Catherine and Eric got the shipment of books in the two days before or something um, and started putting it out. And finally they were like, yeah, we can do this. Okay. We can soft start. So it was truly, they just put a sandwich board out on the sidewalk. (laughs) They were like, we're open. And it was a very, like they put it on social, but it was a surprise. We weren't sure that it would happen. And then we planned the grand opening for two weeks later Um, But even that was pretty soft because it's, you know, it's not the fullest expression of what this business is going to be. I'm sure we all would have preferred 
it was perfect and that we had everything planned and we could do a big splash. But like, we also don't even really, I've never opened a a retail business, like an in-person business before. So the day of comes and (laughs) we have like the giant scissors that we got from our friends who work for like the merchant um, or who are like on that committee. But then I said, well, who's supposed, where's the ribbon and who cuts it? Like I'm waiting for uh, the mayor to show up or something. (laughs) And it turns out, I guess they just don't really do that in this town. I I don't know what's going on with that. We were kind of waiting for like a dignitary to show up. We have the scissors. Finally, I'm like, I guess I'm going to run to the craft store and buy ribbon because I don't actually think that anyone's going to supply that. No one's coming with ribbon. So I like run across the street, buy some ribbon, come back over. And then we just took a picture of like Eric and I holding the ribbon and Catherine and the other Eric cutting it because that's like what we had. Um, they had gotten some refreshments, but like we, you know, we, we wanted to do like wine, but you have to get a special day use liquor sure. license yeah. and you have to go through all that. And we're like, well, that's not worth it. Let's just, we got pie instead. And it was like, if you spend 30 bucks, you get a piece of pie. And that actually went over really well. Cause it was a really well-known pie baker up there. Uh-huh. Like that was a draw. Anyway, my whole point is that was the grand opening and still it was pretty soft. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? There's a bookstore running and people love it. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, there's so much good stuff in, in what you said that I think does apply to regular life, which is there's a lot of um, when something is new, there's a lot of security in a soft start because you like doing something really big and splashy. I'm thinking about like, brands and big businesses that we all see having a grand opening or launching a new product and how much research and work goes into that. And the good for them, I mean, good for marketing, but most of us living regular lives or starting small business ventures or sending our kids back to school, like do not have an army of like focus groups and marketers and blah, blah, blah spreadsheets behind us. So it's much safer to say, well, we think this is going to start on this day and we know not everything's going to go quite right. And we'll probably still be cutting the ribbon a couple of weeks (laughs) later. Um, But what I love about what you said is you still found a way to um, like mark the significance of the moment. And even if it was like, kind of like not what you thought or um, in a smaller way, because I guess the, the downside of a soft start is that there it's harder to pinpoint this sort of like moment of transition. And I think it's, it's valuable to have those. Like, I think the lazy genius calls them like opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies, like as families and kids, you do remember when there's like, today's the first day of this and we're going for ice cream. So I think, well, this is a long way of saying, I think it's possible to have both to give yourself like a much softer entrance into a new season, but to still celebrate or mark the transition in a, in a way. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I do agree that like opening, like an opening ceremony, I like that concept. That's nice. But when you're talking about something like, for example, a baby being born, the baby isn't getting taken back. You're, it's, there's no closing ceremony for that. Like, here's the baby. The baby is here. The baby's with us now. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it doesn't end, you know? Um, and so I, I totally understand the urge to have to mark um, events and like starts, because, but sometimes I think starts happen and we didn't even know they happened. We didn't know the baby was conceived until 
you know, weeks down the road, we don't know exactly often when the baby will come. Like, and that's just one example. That's like different from back to school, which I think is more relevant to what people are, are going through right now. But in the case of the bookstore, there's no end in sight. This could be going for decades. So it's nice that we recognized it and that there was an event but also that's not what we're going to remember down the road. We're not going to be like, hey, remember the great day that bookstore opened? No, we're going to remember the fact that we ran a bookstore for however long we run it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said, it is running. There are people coming in every single day, sitting there chatting up Eric at the front desk and he's loving it. And like, I think it did take a lot of pressure off of everybody to allow for it to start slowly and imperfectly, um, including like the shoppers in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's more launching to be done within that business, but it can all be a soft launch as far as I'm concerned. I, I like a, I like an ease in and a good slow start. Well, I like the shiny crisp edges of turning a calendar page, but I'm here to learn to learn from <laughs> you and to admit when my way isn't always right. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code themomhour15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. 
All right. Well, let's actually dig into back to school specifically and other types of, um, I guess, transitions that may require a hard start or a soft start. Um, This year, this fall 2023, really got me thinking about this idea of a soft start to the fall season, because I don't think in the history of having kids in school, I've ever had as spread out a back to school season. So all three of my kids are in school and have been for quite a long time, but they've always at least been either all three in the same school or two of the three in the same school. This is the first year ever that I've had three different schools. And the three schools started, one started on August 21st, one started on August 24th, and one kind of started on August 31st, which is the day we're recording this. But actually, that kid started with kind of like an orientation camping trip, so it won't really start in the classroom until the day this airs, uh, the Tuesday after Labor Day. So yeah, that's really spread out. Yes. So between August 21st and September 5th, which is two weeks, basically, um, I have been in transition of sending kids back to school. And it has really this year kind of forced me to think about things like, okay, our bedtimes, our wake up times, our carpool and driving. And the the urge for me is to have it all figured out because I actually really enjoy, I think of like the back to school. It's like a project. It's fun for me. Like I think, Ooh, what's like, where are the efficiency opportunities? Where are the family bonding opportunities? And I, I really like that but I am being forced to just sit in this middle place of we're kind of in school, but not everybody's there yet. And I won't know what those routines are until mid September, probably. Um, so that it, that has been, I guess, like a a good thought experiment this year. Um, and I am, I'm embracing it. I'm leaning in this year and it is actually giving me a lot of time to think about fall without being in it yet. And so I guess I'm, I'm actually glad for that opportunity this year. Well, that's, that's okay. So I'm just going to say quickly that while I do love a good slow start, there is something a little crazy making potentially (laughs) about not, um, I think like my kids were really little. I actually might really like that because it would be like, Oh, okay. Now I'm going to get to have more focus time with this kid because they're the only one home. Or I don't have to worry so much about doing all the school supplies at once, which can be really overwhelming with where my kids are. Neither of those things, like even if there's only one kid home, they're not necessarily going to want to hang out with me that much. And they hardly had any back to school shopping this year. So I'm trying to think if they're like what the um, what the like silver lining would be to having that choppy of a start. And maybe it's just that you get that like you have time to think or like maybe you have time to observe one kid at a time. Yeah. I think, and see how their, you know, their things are progressing. I don't know. Trying to put that silver lining on it. I mean, that's, I think you landed on it. That's the one that I have seen and the rest has been mildly annoying. Yeah. Um, but the one that has been good is especially because I had a kid start at a new high school, big, big public high school with a lot of new information coming at us from counselors and schedules. And then I had an anxious kid starting fifth grade. So like at each at each um, entry point, I did have a little bit more bandwidth to just, yeah, like you said, observe or be there to support if needed, um, you know, to be make something a little special, get them a special treat after yeah. school because it was their first day. So that was the silver lining. But the rest, yeah, yeah is challenging. 
or like getting a chance to figure out um, how like the drop off situation is uh-huh. going to be and build slowly. Like, okay, I've learned this one. Yeah. Now I get to add another. Now I get to add another rather than like it usually goes. You figure it all out on the first day. So right. yeah, there's some benefits. I think that I would also be like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. Yeah, it does feel like it's <laughs> yeah. taking forever. Well, let's talk about um, maybe a time or two or a scenario where we really think that embracing a soft launch or soft start is beneficial, especially in like parenting and family life. Okay. Well, I mean, I think back to school for me has always been a perfect one. And I think I made this declaration like when my kids were pretty young, I feel like maybe Clara was a baby or even Owen might have been a baby when I was a little overwhelmed at back to school time and thought if my kids go to school on the first day and every single one of their 40 pencils isn't sharpened, it's really going to be okay. Just because the list says they have to have, you know, 40 sharpened pencils, they're not going to use all of them on day one. And I'm sure the teacher's not going to go around and check their pencil box and then give me an F if they don't have them all. So those were just like examples of ways I started to say, okay, Maybe uh, at this age, I don't want to take all my kids back to school shopping on the same day because that got a little hairy there. (laughs) I had so many of them. So one kid might be totally prepared on the first day, but the next kid might not be totally prepared till day three. And it was almost like it was never a problem because they don't use everything on the first day. They hardly use anything on the first day. The teachers just want to know that it's going to come in and that you you got it under control. And even then, sometimes... um, like even in some of the classrooms, the supply lists are really more so the the classroom is stocked, but then all the supplies are shared. So really, you're just contributing to the classroom. So I feel like the feeling as though all of the clothing shopping and supply shopping and the checks have to be written for the fundraisers and the volunteer opportunities all have to be figured out day one. Um, I kind of gave up on that a long time ago. And then preparing for a new baby, I would say probably by the time I had number three, same thing. I thought, well, what does he really need? I mean, this baby is going to have diapers upon his bottom and something to sleep in. And I really don't have to stress about having every single thing. I think for today's moms, that's probably even easier because Amazon, I didn't have that. But um, those were two areas of my life where I started to feel like, I almost never even tried. I stopped even trying to get ahead. Yeah. Well, what I love about it, too, is that you probably realize without even thinking about it that um, expecting yourself to be totally ready was going to have major downsides for your ability to enjoy the season and enjoy the moment, both in the case of a new baby and in back to school, like back to school, for example, I am guilty of probably transferring unnecessary stress to my small children because I decided that we did need the right brand of glue stick like um, by the first day. And so you again, I probably you weren't doing this consciously, but you you removed that possibility of transferring stress to your kids just by running around trying to have a hard start. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I do think little kids pick up on that energy in the room. Um, so it's worth thinking about if, if moms are really want to be all ready for the first day and can do it in a way that feels good, then that's great. If it feels like it's at the expense of, of your own mental health or 
that you're grumpy with your kids or you're staying up super late at night and, and cheating yourself on sleep. Like it's sort of like at what cost, like how, yeah. you know, at what cost. And there's plenty of other things to worry about that are important, like getting your kids to school, <laughs> like actually getting them there. Like that's something I would prioritize over getting them there with um, it's more stressed out, but with the right supplies, like right. the supplies, the stuff will come. And I feel like so much of the marketing around back to school is stuff related. And a lot of the stress is stuff related. And I just decided to opt out of that. Probably not super consciously in the beginning, but then it became a thing. Yeah. So I, I have one more question kind of, and you can use either of those two examples or both, but okay, let's say you've removed the pressure from yourself to be totally ready for a new baby or totally ready for back to school. What do you think makes a soft start a soft start if you've, you've opted out of the hard deadline? So what does it actually look like to um, continue to get ready for, or uh, I don't know what it's called when you're, you're not getting ready because the thing has arrived, but to continue to put, um, thought and energy into this transition, but maybe after the first day or after the baby's born. Well, the things still have to happen. Um, you know, the supplies, I didn't want to get to the point where like, uh, okay, it's, it's two weeks into the school year now. And like, I still haven't bought any of the stuff. So for like the back to school, what that might have meant was that all of the kids supply lists would be stuck to the fridge mm-hmm. and one by one, they would be taken off the fridge and shopped. Like that might be one example. And you give yourself um, just kind of like a grace period. Just give period. yourself a little extra. Yeah. Like a grace period for a baby. It might be like, Hey, let's give it two weeks. And if we've realized we don't actually need one of these items that we thought about registering for say, or that we even had on a registry, but no one bought it yet. Um, maybe let's rethink it. Like, uh, like, like the, uh, we've talked a lot about buying strollers and things like that and how you don't really know how you're going to get around with your baby until after you have a baby to get around with, Yeah, especially when it's like your first, or maybe the first one you're adding to an egg. So like your first or second, like the first baby, you have no idea whether you're going to be somebody who wants to carry that baby around in a sling or a front pack, or if you need a big travel, like a travel system or whether like a, little umbrella stroller will do it. You just don't know. And then when you add your second, I would argue that that's the other thing you don't know. You don't know what it's like yet to be a mom with a baby and a little one. Right. So those kinds of things I feel like can be like, there's nobody. um, Let's see. No one else is riding on it. It's just you. Like when it's school, you have to supply the stuff because your kid needs the stuff because the teacher needs your kid to have the stuff. You don't really get to decide, actually, teacher, you know, Mrs. Smith, um, you, you're wrong. Right, right. <laughs> you are mistaken, ma'am. Uh, my kid does not need 40 pencils, you know, that are already sharpened. Like that's, you can't really do that. But when it's your own baby, you can decide. Yeah. They don't need this. It turns out that would have been an extraneous purchase. I can run a wet wipe under warm water before I apply it to the baby's butt. So I don't need a wipe warmer or yeah. whatever the thing is you get to decide. So those are a little different in that way. But so I think it would just look like, like little decisions made in the moment they need to be made and not before not worrying about things before they need to be worried about, I suppose. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to put it. And that, um, teased me up perfectly because as you were talking, I was thinking really, especially as it relates to stuff and buying stuff, so much of it, I think is managing our own, um, anxiety about something that's uncertain. So Mm -hmm. 
um, not there's so many things we're worried about that are not solved by stuff, but the buying of stuff makes us feel like we're doing like we did something, something. like it did a thing. Yeah, I am yeah. very guilty is the wrong word. I don't feel guilt about it, but I am very susceptible to that. Um, and it's funny, I'm not a big I don't buy a lot. I'm not a big buyer. I'm, I'm an underbuyer in the Gretchen Rubin world normally. But when there is something coming up, like a big transition, a big trip, a big start to something, the the acquiring of physical objects does feel like a like a Band-Aid for what is actually anxiety about an uncertain future. So I, yeah. I think it all tracks. It all tracks. So to to come back to your point, you said to deal with things in the moment. If you need them, they will be there or you will find a way to get them. And what that that is really just more of like a Zen approach to like being in the present moment. I would say and I I totally hear you because I can sometimes be the same way. Like I don't know what to do. So why don't I buy this thing? Because that will tell me what to do or it will solve a problem. And usually it doesn't do either of those things. It just it just feels like an action. Um, I I have a lot of issues with the way we are becoming as a society. Someone people who believe you can have anything you want immediately. Right. Like basically immediately. I've I don't even live near a big city and I have had Amazon purchases show up in the same day. So it's getting to the point now where it's essentially on demand stuff. And I think there could be some big repercussions, but what if we could learn to harness that and say like, what if actually what that means is that we no longer need to have anxiety that we won't have the thing. If we need it, we can have it. So let's just wait till we actually need it. Because when was the last time there was a, a baby wipe warmer emergency or a day you couldn't get through without the right stroller? Like right. It, unless you're planning some big outing, You'll figure out a way. Yeah. Um, if your baby's like out, you know, their baby outgrew their jumper faster than you expected, they can have their feet sticking out the bottom for a couple of days till something else shows up. So it's like it's it it it's a two-sided, two-bladed knife. I don't know. What's the thing? Double-edged sword. There you go. Um, our ability to have whatever we want whenever we want it, it can be terrible because we just keep hitting the send button. Right. <laughs> and like, or the buy button, I guess by now, and getting it, getting it, getting it. Or maybe we could turn it around and say, no, the fact that I could have it within a day means I, I don't have to hit that buy now button until I'm like late. Yeah. I am more than ready. Yeah. So I think that's a big mindset shift that um, not all of us, and I, I'm putting myself in this category, it would just take a lot of doing. It will take a lot of work to get there, but it's worth doing. It's worth trying. It's worth thinking about for sure. Well, yeah. I have I have one more specific area where I have found that a soft start really actually helps my kids and helps my family. And it is it's uh, tangential to back to school, but it's not school related. So often this time of year and other times of years too, sometimes beginning of summer, I realize my kids are ready for some additional responsibilities or maybe learn a couple new life skills. I'm always kind of have my eye on what can I start to delegate? What are they ready for? Who's not pulling their weight around here? And it's tempting for me to go like into a Google doc and type up a new list of chores and print it out and unveil it to my family and be like, okay, Luke, this is like your new list of weekend chores, or this is what I expect from you. Um, what I have learned is that I, my kids need a kind of, um, it's almost like a, 
period of flexibility when they are learning a new set of skills or chores, or if I have heaped a whole bunch of new expectations. Um, and it goes against like the parenting advice of like, it's got to be consistent. Like there's a, what's the consequence or the natural consequence or whatever. I actually really like having, I don't know, a month or so of trying on some new household responsibilities or like levels of independence with my kids and kind of letting that time period be where we spot the weaknesses or spot the um, inconsistencies. Maybe I thought this kid was ready to do their laundry completely on their own. And now I realize that that's totally going to mess up my own laundry system and that I actually don't care that they're doing that this year. So um, it seems like every fall this happens to us anyway. And I'm really like now I just want to be more intentional about it to resist the urge to roll out a big new chore chart and instead say to the kids, like, this is what we're, we're going to play around with this. This is what I want to teach you, what I expect of you, um, and have that kind of soft start. And then, and there's the big, and then eventually I do like to get to a point where now this is your job. If you, if you aren't dragging the bins out on Thursdays to the curb for the trash, now we have something to talk about, but I, right. I, it's tempting for me to get there right away. You don't do this. Here's the consequence. Da, 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 and it's just counterproductive. It, I agree. And I will say that I can be uh, a weird mix of both too relaxed and also too into my own timeline when it comes to this stuff. And I feel like this is a topic chores and responsibilities. It's probably something we could stand to do a refresh on oh, like yeah. the, the teen years because it's so different. Um, I sometimes will tend to the soft starts all happening in my head. Let's put it that way. So like I'm thinking, oh, no big deal if the kids don't get around to this for a while. And I might make a couple of like sort of like gentle requests that aren't really directives. And and then one day I decide it's time like this now needs to get done. And then I'm kind of on them mm -hmm. and they're saying, well, give me like, let me know when it has to be done by. Right. And I want to choose when I do it. And I'm like, well, no, 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 because I want you to do it right now. So that's something that I am constantly kind of having to be reminded of. And some of my kids are really good at reminding me of that. Owen is one, you know, like, it's not fair. You didn't tell me this had to be done by this time. So why are you hounding me? Or the flip side is just tell me when you need to be it to, for it to get done. And then ask me to do it. And then don't mention it again because I will do it. And, um, it's almost not even about just the soft, soft start, but also about anticipating they won't do it or something. So that's something that I'm, I'm thinking about, not exactly what you're saying, but like, yeah, yeah. Creating the flexibility and the fluidity around that. But then I think what I don't always do is communicate what is and is not flexible and fluid. Yeah. And they're like, for the way I'm thinking of it, they're really, it really does need to be communicated as like a grace period. Like, here's what I'd like from you child. I'd like you now to be packing your own lunch this year. Like in our house, like from sixth grade on, you pack your own lunch. Well, the way I respond to that child, not getting up early enough to pack their own lunch or making a huge yeah. mess and not cleaning it up in the first two or three weeks is going to be different because I really do want to be there as they learn. But I like, there has to be a point at which I say, great. So this has been going well. <laughs> So here's now what I expect from you now that you've gotten your feet wet with this. And if you do leave my kitchen a big mess at packing your lunch, 
here's what you'll get to do for me after school, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it really is like almost two stages. And I'm not saying I do it well every time either. It's just something I've realized, like it really, really helps. So it's both flexibility and then also kind of rigid, eventual rigidity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. Well, I thought it would be fun just to balance the point a little bit. Let's each share a time or two when it does serve us to have our ducks in a row by a certain deadline, like when a hard start is actually the best course of action for us. And the first one I thought of, and it, it maybe sounds super obvious, but it is Christmas morning, uh, which is like the, <laughs> it's the ultimate hard start. But here's the thing. I have had Christmases and I have relatives who do Christmas where there are still a few gifts, kind of like, oops, didn't wrap those, bringing those out on the 26th, um, packages that didn't quite arrive on time. So we're going to give those later in the week. I mean, I've been there and I, I know some people really who lean into that. I do not enjoy that for Christmas specifically. Like I really um, need to be done sometime on the 24th. I'm never done before that, but I need to have a time when I am done and a switch 
flips and I am now just participating in Christmas. I am no longer producing Christmas. So that's an ultimate hard start for me. Um, And then kind of similar, I think, is entertaining. I enjoy entertaining. Brian and I enjoy it together. I really admire people who can host a big party and continue kind of cooking and plating and even tidying and maybe like disappear to curl their hair real quick. Like as guests arrive, this is very hard for me to do. Like it, it just similar to the Christmas thing. It's like I need to flip a switch and go from prep to participation. And I don't like when there is a soft start. So those are the ones that that came up for me. Um, I I'm actually with you on this because I also do not want to feel like Christmas is not on is not done on Christmas morning. And I'm not even I really also don't like to be doing things when party guests are. I mean, sometimes you have to be cooking or plating because that's just the way the meal is right. Like there's no other way to do it. But I I feel like for me, what's maybe a little different. And I actually um, was planning on talking about this when we were talking about like maybe strategies is that I usually over plan and then almost fake myself out and like let myself off the hook for things that aren't going to get done. So instead of feeling stressed because something didn't arrive, I just think, well, I overbought anyway, so that's not going under the tree. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just a slightly different way. Right. Of, it's like it falls off the, it's no longer. It falls off. It's yeah. no longer a thing. Christmas is still happening and it's happening today. We're not having a Christmas week. Yeah. I'm not bringing out gifts tomorrow. So that gift just goes back or yeah. whatever. It's not like I've never given a gift late. Sometimes things happen, but it, as a rule, I might, I would also be stressed if I was trying to extend something when I was like, like extend the prepping when I really, I want to switch into enjoyment mode. So I switch into enjoyment mode and then just the rest just gets forgotten about. And I would say similarly with parties. Yeah. Um, I know that you really love doing like challenges, like yeah, was, monthly challenges. I was going to say that's another, um, at first I didn't think of it as like a hard start, soft start, but it, it actually does apply. I have really used like the first of a month or first of a quarter or first of a new season mentality. If I am doing like a short challenge, like a get off Instagram for a month, or I'm going to opt out of alcohol for a month. I really think having a day where that flips on and preferably the first of a month, I love a good first of the month. We're recording this on August 31st and Megan, I have stars in my eyes because I love a good, (laughs) I love a good first of the month. So I will often use a hard start for like many things like that. And it just, it kind of just brings me joy. I'm like, oh, it's, you get to turn a page. It's a fresh page and all of that. Okay. So here's, what's really interesting. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about like when I did dry January, mm-hmm. I specifically started it at 5 PM on January 1st because I wanted to have a mimosa at two o'clock that day. And to me, that made it work somehow. Like. To me, starting something on a holiday that was going to feel like deprivation, at least for the first few days, after a few days, it really didn't feel all that much like deprivation anymore. But the first couple of days was like, oh, man, I wanted to ease in. So what I did was I moved up. I moved my alcohol up and had it early, got it out of the way and then was like, "Okay, now I'm ready. I can do this. So in some cases, the first will work for me, but it has to be like on my terms. Um, I have to feel like it's me making the decision and not the calendar. So if I was like, oh, okay, so September 1st, 
Um, this is a day I really want to start doing something. If I'm excited about it and it's fun, then yes, I really like that specific start date. And the first can be really like a great date for that. Sometimes it's because it's a Monday, sometimes like, you know, any number of things that feel like they indicate a start. Um, and it can help create some urgency or excitement and like a, a sense of pomp and circumstance. I love that. But it all depends. Like it's, is it an event? Is it a holiday? Is it fun? Do I want the thing? Is there prep I can do ahead of time to get me in the mood? Then yes, bring it on. Is it a chore? Am I going to be deprived? Am I going to kind of hate part of it? Then I'm going to want a soft start. Okay. And it's just really good. It's like, that's kind of how I am. Self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. The only thing I was thinking of when we were talking about back to school that I feel like I really need a hard start with is um, wake up times. Mm, It would not work for me and my family to like say, hey, kids, this week you can sleep almost till you got to be running out the door and then next week we're going to fix it. No way. Uh, Anything to do with like wake times, it's more likely to degrade than improve. Uh So I need to start strong. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so let's offer some tips or strategies for leaning into a soft start. And Megan, I want you to think about the people like me who don't do this naturally um, and are afraid maybe they'll lose momentum or not not start anything, not finish anything. So what tips or strategies can we offer? Oh, man, it's so hard to offer tips and strategies when I don't do something intentionally and it just happens. Right. I will say... I will say that again, for me, that fake out, that letting that very intentionally, but making it seem like it wasn't intentional over planning and then letting myself off the hook has been, it just works for me. I, I can't say why I will go nutty nuts thinking what I'm going to be able to pull off on Christmas morning and then let go of 20% of it in the moment. I don't know that everyone can do that. You know, like that's, yeah. That may require becoming a different human. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with going and knowing my plans are a little too lofty mm-hmm. and choosing what I actually follow through on. It's like a, there's a big menu. And when I start making plans for the holiday, and I'm just using holidays because I feel like this is something coming up, A, and B, it's something where we can get really into the plan. Yeah. And it's exciting and all that. But I really consider my plans to be sort of like a, big restaurant menu. And in the end, I only order a few things off that menu. Yeah. Or I only complete, I only finish half of my dish and then I take the rest home in a doggy bag for next year. There's, there's like a level of incompletion that I'm okay with. Cause I know I went hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, but I will say a soft start still has to start. Mm-hmm. You still have to move. Um, if it's, if it's just delaying, that's no good. I will just lose steam. If, if a soft start is kicking the can further down the road and not doing anything at all, then nothing will happen. And that doesn't feel good to me. Actually, I would rather just do something. I'd rather do anything, something, anything, just get going on like a little piece of the thing rather than say, well, it's not right yet. So let's wait 10 days. Cause that's just delaying uh, a grand opening that you can't do as grandly as your you're imagination. Never gonna do because, <laughs> you're never going to do. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. 
Have you found that with, I know, cause we haven't even talked about yoga or walking, which have, but you've talked about in other episodes as, you know, like a big part of your movement life. Yeah. Um, have you, I feel like you usually kind of do a splashier, like you give yourself some kind of a challenge a lot of the time, but probably, uh, with a soft start, um, that you don't see. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I'm, yes, I'm thinking about, those are two really great examples because in both cases, when I decided to really challenge myself. So with yoga, that would have been doing several really intense yoga challenges and taking yoga teacher training. And then with walking, I did like a thing last year where I walked a mile every single day for, I think it was a month. And it was during a time of year that it's not easy to do. Like the weather's kind of crappy here. It's, I was November. I did that on purpose. Like I wanted to get out every day um, in November. And I, so that was a challenge. I had been in all those cases already easing in when I decided to do the thing. Mm-hmm. I did not go at my most. It wasn't like I went with my most um, like sedentary. My body feels crummy. I'm not doing anything and said, I'm sick of this. I'm going to jump in and start running two miles every day or I'm going to do yoga every day for the next 30 days. No, I had been like, you know, kind of going to class here and there and then thought I'm ready yeah. to do this bigger. Um, last year, I had a really good workout, um, kind of streak where I was doing some kind of like an intentional scheduled workout, um, routine. And I did it for like six. I did it right until the early summer. And then I kind of, like, I usually do, I sort of slacked and I'll get back into it. But the first week I had a trainer and I said, I just want you to give me two 20 minute workouts. That's all I don't want to do every single day. And she kept trying to like make it like beef it up and make it harder. And I was like, nope, I'm, if you give me three, I will only do two. I'm serious about this. And then finally, like after two months of that, I was like, okay, now I'm ready. What's the next thing? Let's add on. I love that. Um, it's also a really good reminder that if, for those who are on social media, if you see what looks like someone's splashy first day of anything, literally anything like a new job, a new workout routine, um, just that's a, what you just said is such a good reminder that you're you probably didn't notice or they weren't posting about their soft start like yeah that 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 there might be that ribbon cutting so to speak but it it may not be as as splashy as it looks like on the outside and yeah I think we're probably all doing more soft starts than we're always aware of and I think if you pay attention to your life for a little while you might see that something that felt like a big splashy start took like three months to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a couple things. Um, and this tip is for those who really like the feeling of an official first day of something, but you also want to give yourself permission to have a soft start. And that is to choose just like you and your calendar arbitrarily choose kind of an honorary first day that's a little later in the season than the true first day. So if we're using the back to school example of my kids who went back in all kinds of different late August days and then Labor Day comes around, like you realized, Megan, that there is still a Monday holiday. Well, that's going to be a short week because now it was Labor Day. I might just decide arbitrarily that the first full week of September, where it's truly Monday through Friday, all five or all five of my kids, all three of my kids are in school all five days, which this year that would be whatever, that week after Labor Day week, so like the week of September 11th, I might just kind of decide that that's like 
the real first day of fall routines. Yeah. And what that does is it gives, it still allows me to kind of have some ducks to put in a row, but it's really a quite a long while after my kids started to go back to school. So it's like a fake, you talked about faking yourself out. This is me faking myself out. Like, sure, you can have your hard start to the fall, but we're going to put it three weeks into the fall because we know that's how long it's going to take for things to fall into place. And so I, I do that to myself a lot. I have talked on the show before about how I love a January new year. And then I get my birthday about six weeks into the year. And I've always really liked that because I feel like I have these new year goals and intentions. And then my birthday serves as like, okay, well now it's, now I get to think about what do I want for my own personal new year? And it's kind of a one, two. So I think that is a a strategy that works really well for me. I'm curious um, because as you were talking, I was thinking that anything where um, the way I commemorate it involves something really fun for me, which would usually be like a little party, you know, something like a, an event, getting some people together in a celebratory way um, is, can be a big motivator for me. And so when you were talking about, like, when you decide this is the actual, this is the first week, mm-hmm. is it something like that? Is there like an event or is it more like this is the week I'm just going to pay attention? Like, what does that look like for you that makes it rewarding? Cause I'm going to guess it's not a party. No, it's not a party. I think what it would be <laughs> is it's, um, a little bit of a friendly deadline for myself to have, um, I guess the routines and systems in place that make me feel good about family life. So carpool nailed down my morning routine, feeling good. Um, instead of feeling pressure to start all that stuff right away, it gives like the grace period, like we talked about. And then like that week I might have those things like on a little checklist and feel the productivity rush of like, I did the thing I said I was going to do. Maybe it's like working out every day, whatever it is. So it's sort of like the it's it would be the start of the expectations, but the expectations are things that I want for myself and my family. They're not like mean expectations. <laughs> Sarah, I am. It's so telling of our personalities <laughs> that my way of motivating myself is to throw a party <laughs> and your way is to give yourself more work. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. Even as I was talking, I'm like, this sounds as you're talking, so I'm like, terrible. this doesn't sound fun. But it is fun. I get it. I mean, I like, I like productivity too. I like working. I like doing stuff, but there is just something about that being the motivator that just made me chuckle. I know it's so true because otherwise the temptation for me will to be, to give myself all that work on August 21st, which I would have been stupid. So anyway, um, another thing that I think helps me lean into a soft start period of time, um, is to look at it as like data gathering and inspiration, because we, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, actually, how um, you can be in the mood for a new year or the, the mood for a new season without wanting to take action on it yet. Um, actually, in January of this year, 2023, we talked about resources for like an inspired January where we're just we're just setting the mood. We're not actually doing yep. anything yet. And I really like that. So it might look like following a bunch of new Instagram accounts or like talking about whatever the new season is, new recipes for fall. I was going to say for me, it's flipping through a magazine and looking at fall recipes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just sort of like, for me, if I just kind of intentionally say that this transitional period I'm in fall 2023, where I don't yet have all my kids in school, it's just going to be for fall inspiration. I'm going to be thinking about my morning routine. I'm going to be like 
looking for inspiration for my home rather than trying to tackle all the home projects that I want to get to. So um, I think like so many things, if I just declare that that's what this period of time is about, it feels much more grounding than if I have these expectations I can't meet for myself. Well, I have to tell you that while we are having this conversation, there is a cool breeze blowing outside. It feels very fallish. And now I feel like going and reading a whole stack of like real fall magazines, the ones that are kind of like bordering um, Halloween, but I'm not there yet. But you know what I mean? Like it's getting moody. That's kind of where I want to be right now. And I feel like that totally plays into the tip you just gave. Just go get inspired. It doesn't, you don't have to act on anything. You don't ever have to act on it. That's another thing I want to say. Like, I just want to give everyone all the permission in the world to be inspired by things and never physically do a single thing with that inspiration because you never know where it'll pop up in other places in your life or maybe five years down the road. Maybe like, you know, back when I used to flip through embroidery magazines and didn't pick up a needle for five years. You just, it can be such a slow start. It almost seems as though nothing is happening, but just by getting inspired, you're starting. Yeah, I love that. Well, maybe I'll flip through fall magazines um, on the day after Labor Day when this airs. I don't feel like I'm there yet. You're not there yet? No, I need all of the children in school, Megan. That is the (laughs) number one thing. Well, it helps that mine are at school right now and my house is quiet and peaceful, yeah. Well, speaking of things for which there is an actual deadline, Sarah, today is actually the very last day to take advantage of the 15% discount um, if you want to attend my reInvent Retreat this October. So if you go to reinventretreat.com, you can get a 15% discount on the in-person or virtual retreat um, by using the code MOMHOUR at checkout. But for the in-person retreat, that ends today. Okay, well, that that is a, a hard deadline. It's a, a hard, hard deadline. End. And I mean it too. <laughs> I really mean it. There's no grace period. Um, no. Remind everybody when the actual retreat is though. I know the deadline yep. is today. It's October 20th through 22nd. And the in-person retreat is here in Southwest Michigan. Really excited about it. And there will also be a very fun virtual event that will happen at the same time, um, kind of alongside of it. And that you have a little bit longer. You have till September 15th to sign up with that discount. Um, but if you want to be there in person, and I think you should, you should want to come meet me. You need to go uh, register for that today with that code mom hour. Well, that's a deadline for everybody. And um, we will be back with you a week from today. Happy back to school season, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the mom hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at the And Hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it. If you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life, you can also find us on Instagram at the mom hour chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR.
Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code the mom hour to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know, I am fan number one of the teas made. It's got such a cozy vibe and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines and home and family life. Just look for the teas made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to the to find all the episodes.